Welcome back, folks. It's time. Episode number 22. I, I was saying, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. I'm feeling it. I'm yeah. It feels we'll so see. good. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> see how it goes. Uh, this week's guest, we have Comedy Cup champion, Joshua Staley. Um, we've been sitting on this one for a couple weeks, and I feel bad, but he's a great guest, and he was a fascinating interview. I'm very excited. Yeah, and then uh, probably lots of Thanksgiving festivals. Lots. Lots of Thanksgiving. So let's uh, let's get right in. It's glad to have you here, folks. Uticast. today for the first time yeah, it's definitely parker weather yeah you know what's crazy though i was looking at the forecast it's supposed to be like 60 on friday this friday yeah this friday Oof. right i just pick it just pick one yeah yeah pick no, one. i'm getting i'm getting real sick of like wavering between it's funny at my office at work i've got just because the weather is so up and down i was laughing with a girl that i work with saying i need a dresser in my office because i've got like Three sweaters and like a coat and like a t-shirt and like just all this stuff stuck at the office because like I'll bring it then it's unseasonably warm then I'm like well no sweater today. Here's an inside window into my neuroses. Yes. I was. Do we have enough time? Do we have enough time? <laughs> I uh, was really trying to put off busting out my winter jacket until the start of December. Like I don't. It doesn't matter. It's stupid at all. It doesn't mean a thing. But like part of me is like I'm not ready to cross that barrier into full-on winter coat. So I'm wearing like three layers of stuff, like thermals. Yeah, you were over the weekend. I saw you wearing like nine layers on cold days. <laughs> I, like, I like layers. Uh, I've never but, seen somebody wear a Henley on top of a Henley before. <laughs> I always got at least four Henleys on. Um, so this weekend, uh, or last, let's let's fill in a story about my, my day. I'm stressed out today, Kevin. Sure. All right. Um, and the cold has a little bit to do with it. Right. Um I've been having a lot of car problems. You may, Tons of car problems. A lot of car problems. So last week I had to get my starter replaced. And I went to get my starter replaced. And as but I, wait, there's, there's more. more. Uh, before I even went in to get my starter replaced, I had a good squeal in my car. Yeah. Real nasty sounding squeal. And I'm thinking to myself, ah, fan belt, something like that. Well, who knows? So I take it in because the starter's not working last week. Just wouldn't start at all. Right. So... My mom had to bring me to work two days. It was very, very embarrassing <laughs> for her, not for me. She's like my delinquent son. <laughs> He's a broken car. I got to bring him to his job. Uh, anyhow, um, so I get the starter fixed, and I get it back. It's Thursday night. I'm taking it home, and I, as I'm getting down the street, the car is still squealing. Right. And I'm like, ah. I haven't even left. There's no way that a car is supposed to make this noise. It makes you wonder, though, because, you know, I heard your car when it was squealing, and that squeal was so loud and noticeable that, like, I don't know how they let it leave. It's like like they changed the starter, and then they went to pull it out of the garage, and it was squealing. Like, that's probably fine. It's no big deal. (laughs) It'll be back. I went, yeah. So I went and dropped it off this morning, and uh, on the way to drop it off this morning, I brought you to work. You did? Yeah. Uh, and this was the only positive about my day so far with a broken car. Was on the way to work, we took Court Street. 
How about that? You know what? It's it's funny. The <laughs> the Court Street, the extension of Court Street that connects like the Varick Street district to the downtown area has been closed for a long time now. And you don't really think it's one of those intersections that you don't think about how much you use it until it's not there. Oh. And like I've I found so many different because you know I work I work on Varick Street, so I've gotta go down there every morning and I found so many alternate ways to get down there, yes. and like it used to just be just Court Street, just go across Court Street. And it was nice to have it open. It looks great too. It was it was such a treat pulling out of Stewart's and being like, yeah, <laughs> I can just cut right across now. What a treat! Yeah, really. Um, but no, uh, so that was the only high point of my day was not having to go all the way around to get to work this morning for you. But so I went and dropped the car off, and I had to get a serpentine belt. Replaced that uh, serpentine belt is a crazy name for something. <laughs> and all I was thinking about, and you know, and again, I hope I'm not, you know, going out on a limb here. I've had a lot of cars growing up, and I don't know how many people around here, how many listeners have had similar problems. New York, in general, with all the snow and the weather, is always pretty rough on cars, especially older cars, used cars, things like that. But I've had about five or six cars in my lifetime. I've probably bought three starters. Are there just parts in cars that inevitably are going to break down? This is probably yes. the second serpentine belt I've had yes, to pay 100%. for. Yes, 100%. There's oh, there's shelf life on God. these things. Yeah, yeah. That's why the people do routine maintenance. You'll see oh. a lot of people replace stuff like, you know, like responsible car owners, which I, I don't know too much about being a responsible car owner. But from what I hear, responsible car owners will, like, fix their brakes before they go. And what? Like, you know, no, no, they, <laughs> these people change the brake pads, like, regularly. It's wild. <laughs> what? Yeah, one of these days. But yeah, no, it's uh, there's that's kind of the thing. It's there's certain stuff that you know mechanically, no matter how well built it is, things can only last for so long. A serpentine belt is made of rubber. Yeah, that can only survive for so long. You'd think only being made of rubber, it wouldn't cost so much. Lo and behold, it does. Uh, so, but here's me. So a couple days ago, you know, so I'm thinking about this for a couple days, you know, because I didn't want to bring the car back in the next day. So I sat on it on a Friday. I didn't go anywhere really Saturday or Sunday. Kind of afraid to drive the car. And over the weekend, I'm looking up all sorts of, like, things it could be, right? Mm-hmm. So I found this web article. It was on Lifehacker, which is a, a, a gawker sub sure. sub shot. And it was basically car par- car repairs that you can do by yourself and should be doing. So, <laughs> so I'm reading this list, and it's going on about how I should... It's like, oh, you don't have to go pay to get your serpentine belt repaired. All you need is to do this, 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 and this. And they make it seem so simple. And then I was just thinking in my head of like, what a disaster it would be if me, oh my god, if I tried to get I'm into my coming home from work one day, you've got your hood popped, you've taken apart half of your it's engine. Just, it's all over the lawn. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh my god, I'm about as this is about as far as I go with uh, car repair. I'll open up the hood, mm-hmm. and if there's not smoke pouring out of it, I go, well, this all looks fine. Uh, <laughs> this all looks normal, and uh, you know the no, check. It's, it's yeah, I gotta, it's got to be nice to be because like you know I joke around, but like you know there's, I can I can change oil in a car, I can change brake pads, mm-hmm. I can do some stuff like that. But like to be one of these people who can really like work on their own car, like for somebody who needs a serpentine belt, like yeah, no problem, I can change that this weekend or whatever. That's got to be nice. Imagine how much money you save like being a car guy. <laughs> serpentine, serpentine. <laughs> all right. Um, like some sort of odd fantasy creature. All I think about when you say serpentine belt, I think about Axl Rose screaming my serpentine at the end of uh, uh, Welcome, Welcome to the, the Jungle, jungle yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's what I say to everyone who gets in my car, actually. I say, hey, welcome to the jungle. And they never get in my car. They just walk away. That's You don't do that. All right. <laughs> well, let's, let's move on. I can see Aaron Higgins coming. Um, yeah, let's, let's do it. Aaron Higgins after the break. here for the uh my my sad boy complain about my life segment today do you have any complaints you, you were here last week for it do you want to get anything out today before we start Let the show think. um i don't really enjoy the the fact that i woke up this morning with a little bit of snow on my car however oh, yeah. however i will say this i had a car starter installed this weekend in my vehicle and now nothing in my car is working right so that's what I'm going to complain about. I had one little luxury handled, and now my lights won't turn on. I can't unlock my doors. So that's the problem. You can't start poking around with I those German st- electronics. You do one thing, oh and it's my all gosh. jacked up. It's like, it's. I was there for 12, it was a 12-hour process in the first place. It was supposed to be three hours. It didn't work the first time. It didn't work the second time. You know, 400 and some odd dollars later, now my lights aren't on. I can't go in reverse without blink. It's like a lot of stuff is going down. <laughs> and well. It's a cuz You know, now I think it's more like me, though. Now the car, well, it was working perfectly. Now it's a little bit more like me. It's a little more personalized, a little more dysfunctional. So, a lot of, like, I guess it's okay. A lot of car problems. I don't want to go, you know, we've already heard me talk about my, my car problems today. Yeah, mine are null and void uh, comparatively to yours. Well, uh, I don't want to get any, I don't want to get any farther into that. Lo and behold, like, I just, I just want my car to be done being broken <laughs> i just wanted to like i just be, want my car to be done like being again i just like, i just want together. my car to not exist anymore all I, together uh, all right well let's uh let's let's talk about something let's talk about something better uh last week we talked a little bit about the uh, our gofundme account operation uticast yeah operation uticast which i love that name by the way i know it's we came up name. with it in like <laughs> in like 35 one, seconds one and a half seconds <laughs> um and we only got uh, we got sixty dollars from last week, which I am so psyched about. Oh, I'm honest with you, it's Good such a, it's a great start. Well, you know, I thought about it afterwards. We didn't really talk about this very much. No, we just sort of put it out there and said, "Please help us," and now we'll we'll give a little more information. Yes. So uh, let's uh, as I we've talked about it a little bit on the Twitter. Uh, I'm going to have to post it on Facebook, I guess, because I haven't built. I haven't yeah, it's it probably not a bad Facebook. idea. Uh, but the information to get to the GoFundMe account is on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is posted on as our pinned tweet at Uticast. You know, I just noticed this week that you can pin tweets. Yeah, I don't yeah. pay much attention to Twitter. Who like knew? That. Oh, I like to pin tweets. I didn't know. I always got some rotation on my personal. You seem account. like you seem like a tweet pinner. A lot of I don't even know those comms. two things went together. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, well, we have it pinned to our uh, the top of the Uticast Twitter feed. I also have it pinned to the top of my personal Twitter feed. We'll start pushing it. Um, so we try to come up with some incentive here for people yeah. to uh, to donate because you know and and to be real, this is the donation part of the year. Like this is the part of the year where you see everybody. Everybody's got their hand out asking. Everybody has their hand out. So I was thinking, you know, for 
like a two dollar donation will shout you out on the show. Personal like insult from Aaron Higgins. I will <laughs> insult you personally. <laughs> for five for, for twenty dollars I will insult you personally. Or you could be her friend and she'll do it for free. <laughs> or you can be my You know what, Sully, you're not helping. Don't donate. No. But Sully but Sully came up with a good idea. A really good idea. A good idea. A great <laughs> idea, in fact. So if you are the leading donator Whoever donates the largest amount uh, you will be rewarded by you get to be a guest on the show. <laughs> yes. Come on down. <laughs> I feel like that's a little bit, like, as I say it now, it's kind of like arrogant, but like, oh, yeah, if you give a whole bunch of money, we will grace you with the honor of no, you get to come <laughs> sitting on in my good. dining room well, and yelling at the computer. Well, here's what it comes down to. You can come down. <laughs> you, can, you can push your personal agenda. I mean, uh, you, you whatever you talk about, you come on down and you talk about it. And here. that's a tangible gift. You that's can a, share... The time with us. You will, you'll open the beer in the beginning of the segment. Yeah, so whoever, yeah. whoever the largest donor is gets to come be a guest on the show. You can pick our over under. You can pick everything for the whole show. You can do all the writing for me. You're in um, charge of the whole. You, technically, you're just doing the grunt work for so the show. As of right now, our leading candidate with forty dollars mm-hmm. is Liz Sullivan. That's right. <laughs> Your sister, the most beautiful, my wonderful sister, wonderful and, woman. And let that me I tell know. you, I got to tell you, if nobody passes forty. I'll be very happy with Liz being. I know. Oh, she'd be, a guest. She'd be, be a great an awesome guest. guest. Yes. I'd be happy. I was ta- I was talking uh, to my brother and my sister a couple weeks ago, and me and Andy were talking about. He's like, you know, why don't we just like we'll just replace Sam and replace Aaron and just be the three of us talking. Oh no! Oh, that would be way more successful. Than I've this. said it, but I've said it to Aaron off like off the show. Like I would just show run that show in quiet and not talk and just let oh, you yeah. guys do your own thing. If right. you want to do, I'd be in the kitchen making food for you guys, <laughs> hanging out. If you guys want to do a weekly solicast, like just this solicast, solicast huh? of the oh, three the of you, solicast. that'd be. Are you writing that down? No. <laughs> no. As it stands, we're looking. You know, we're staring down the barrel of a solicast. So yeah, That's true. Um, well, let's let's move on to some of the, some topical conversation here. We'll save Thanksgiving for the last segment, but let's talk about the holiday that as a so let's talk about the sandwich days of Thanksgiving. <laughs> I love like the, the sandwich days before day. and after. Oh, I thought not, that was oh, like the day that you make a sandwich no, no, no. with all your leftovers. Oh. Well, that's I, my favorite holiday. <laughs> I do want to talk about Black Friday uh, and right off the bat, Black Friday is. The worst. Worst thing in the world. It makes me so unhappy that this is what people do with their day off after Thanksgiving. I've never done it. And I'm a, well, I'm a girl. Time. I'm a girl, so it's like expected that we all do it. I've never done it. I never had a thing. No. I was like, you know what? No thanks. Well, it, Black Friday, the beginning of Christmas shopping or holiday shopping or whatever you want to call it, uh, I think it's the worst. Honestly, this year I might just do all my Christmas shopping online. I'm really already debating that that's what I'm going to do. I've been done with my Christmas shopping since before Halloween, way before Halloween. Mm. Because I did it all online. That's a little bit ambitious, but I feel Well, because here's here's what it comes down to. Online shopping, you don't have to go deal with people, which is... That's a a huge plus for you. It's a huge plus for me because I don't want to go and push my way through a store and stand in the uh, uncomfortable lighting and... So you get to find better deals online. You can price shop. You can price comparison. You buy things. They show up at your house. It's like magic, really. Let me make a quantifier, though, because here's the thing. I like to do online shopping for people who I don't have to do, like, a, uh, that I don't want to do anything special for, specifically, right? If I want to get something for my niece and nephew, and they want specific action figure X for Christmas, right? I'm just going to go to, uh, like... Amazon and buy it because yeah, I don't want to go hunt yeah, that course. stuff down. Of course. But for someone like my mom or someone who I don't want to get a gift that's 
I don't want to say impersonal, but something that doesn't mean something. Like for something like my mom or my sisters, I actually do like to go out into the world and look for something, like if it all possible. I think it depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for something, for instance, that you can find in a local small business, yes, that's where you go and you shop. That's the only shopping that I'll consider doing oh. is this weekend for Small Business Saturday, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Well, I'm but, glad you brought that up. Yeah, I know. But... <laughs> I think that, like, I've pers- I've uh, purchased really personal gifts through, like, an Etsy, that website, mm-hmm, the Etsy mm-hmm, site. I just mm-hmm. recently sent um, one of my very, very closest friends something from Etsy. It was a, a ceramic figurine from the 60s of a nun catching a baseball, which didn't mean any sense. Like, doesn't make any sense. She has the glove and the mm-hmm. habit, and it's sort of... But it was hilarious, and I knew he would love it, so I sent it to him. It was one of those things, you know what I mean? So right. it's just kind of, like, where you want to where you want to be shopping at that time. I, You know what? I have... Uh Two things with, with the Black Friday. I remember one year, a bunch of years ago, uh, me and the girl I was seeing at the time, we we were actually living together at the time, and we decided on, like, Thanksgiving night, we got home from stuff, and we needed to stop by Walmart for, like, regular provisions. Like, yeah. just the stuff you, like, stop at Walmart for, like, 11 o'clock at night. Not really thinking about, oh, Black Friday, like, people will be out and stuff like that. And so we go there, and we show up, like, why is it so busy? Oh, yeah, Black Friday. And we were walking through, and it was crazy to watch the people lined up and everybody guarding these merchandise and all this stuff. It's insane. And I got to say, for some of the deals they had out there, they were great deals. But, like, at what point, like, how much does it matter to you to go and spend the money? Because nine times out of ten, you know, when they survey all these maniacs on Black Friday, they're not even out there shopping for gifts. They're shopping for deals for themselves. And I saw saw something that's been getting passed around on Facebook. Um, Somebody made a little, like picture meme that's got pictures of Black Friday and the huge crowd. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Mm. Then it's like it's got four pictures in a grid. It's got a picture of Black Friday, huge crowd outside, people going nuts. Uh, people outside the the cult of Apple, outside the Apple store on an oh. iPhone release day, whole crowd of people going nuts. Then it shows a city council meeting with nobody in it and a PTA meeting with nobody in it. Yeah, it's about right. And I saw that and they that were like they were right. like this is the problem and I was that I saw that and I was like Rarely do I see somebody share something on Facebook. I'm like, this is great. Normally it's like, why do I still have this? So it was pretty good. I guess the point we're getting at here is if you're going to go out and do Black Friday shopping, if you're going to do, you know, this Christmas rush so early, you might as well do it at a small business. This weekend is, we got Small Business Saturday coming up this weekend. I'll give you two examples right off the top of our head. You can go visit our good friend Heather at the Topping Tree. Mm-hmm. Guest of the show, Heather. Buy some of my things there, guys. Yeah, Saturday, no, yeah, Saturday, November 28th, I believe 10 a.m. They're starting their events at Topping Tree, so go yeah. over there. I, that's I gotta, not exactly even, that's not like crazy by any stretch of the no. imagination. She's going to have a wonderful time there. Mm-hmm. No, I got to tell you right now, like I already plan on going to get my mom and my oh, sister's yeah. done I'll be all the topping tree. right there. Mm-hmm. I'll be at the Topping Tree on Saturday. And if you want to get out and do something a little, this is like something my mom really likes every year, so I figured I'd shout this out for her. The Clinton Shopper Stroll. Is this weekend? Yes, it is. Yeah, I yeah. will be there most likely. That'll be Friday through Sunday, the twenty seventh through the 29th in the Clinton mm-hmm. Village Green. If you go on that Friday night, it's really nice. That Friday night that that's Black Friday. I feel like it's got to be really dependent on the weather. Well, no, it's not. And here's here's the story that I have that goes along with that. Um, I had lived in Clinton, you know, for you know, at least a year, and um, I was working down in. Um, the coffee house that was down there. That's a joke, guys. I've lived in Clinton my whole life. But 
by the way, that was supposed to be a joke, but none of you laughed. So no, I don't know if anyone thought just, that was funny. I didn't really know what you were doing. I thought you were working an angle. No, it was a joke. And okay. I was like 14 or 15 and I was working at the coffee house down there, the Adirondack Coffee Company. Yes. And I was standing outside serving hot chocolate to the patrons. It was like free hot chocolate. Just come by, get hot chocolate and mm-hmm. go about your business in the, in the shopper stroll. And it was like one degrees. It was freezing. It was snowing like crazy. I had a blue nose, but there it was slammed busy with people. Yeah, that sounds. I don't know. That sounds terrible. Standing outside. In oh my! God. It was hours day. upon hours of me being nah. frigid. But it's sweet. They have like a little parade, and Santa Claus comes down at the end, and it's like a very big deal for for the kids. And it's also if you uh, if you can't make it out just on Black Friday and you want to go out shopping, the crowds a little bit thinner. Uh, the indie garage sale is not messing around this year. I went. Did you go? I went on Saturday. Our friend of the podcast, Kate Riley, and I went on Saturday. Yeah, they're they're at the mall now in the old Circuit City building. Yep. It was. The ter- the um the vendors are amazing. The Indie Garage still did such a nice job. It was a beautiful, beautiful or- and well organized thing. It looked really nice. Mm-hmm. We had a couple of friends down there that uh, we know, yeah. Tony Thompson, Eric Flores, and then it was Katie's wonderful mother who wrote uh, a beautiful, beautiful set of books called The Wish Fairy. Please go and visit her stand. She is wonderful. They have amazing things. I think that's awesome for them yeah. to be at the mall. The fact that like you don't have to go to some obscure location. The fact that the just, there. it's right there. Like I feel like they're gonna draw a lot of people just driving who drive to the mall who are like, oh, what's this? A lot of people who wouldn't go to like the JCC or the other places they've held it over the years. Yeah, that's a power, was, that's a power move. For the it's Indy really nice. It was a nice setup. What for them days to have. is that that they're open? Uh, they are open Saturday, November 28th from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. The next five weekends, essentially. Yeah, next five weekends. Sorry, Friday, November 27th from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then Saturday, November 28th from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. That's the next two coming up. Uh, so there you go, folks. Your family and friends deserve a better class of Christmas gift or holiday gift. Don't punch on someone over at Tickle Me Elmo. Don't punch anybody over. Do you know that some almost. businesses this year are, are going against Black... I'm sorry, this is the last thing I'm going to say about Black Friday. No, no, no. They're going against Black Friday. There's I heard a commercial today on the, on the TV, and it's like TJ Maxx and Marshalls and yeah. all of those those types of well, stores. Well, because they've finally been getting the backlash, And they, they say that, you know what, Thanksgiving should be Thanksgiving. You should have time with your friends and Ooh. your family. They're closed all of Thanksgiving because now stores are saying, 6 a.m. Thanksgiving morning, come on down and start your shopping. Well, you know what's crazy? Yeah, you were telling me this earlier about the yeah, mall. Yeah, yeah. Right? I um, my so the place that I work at, we have a small retail shop within our you know factory and everything like that uh, to sell merchandise, memorabilia, product. And during the Christmas season, we open a satellite shop in the mall. We mm-hmm. do it every year. We set mm-hmm. up a shop and we bring more of our merchandise out there just to you know drive traffic and people who don't want to come down to the shop on premises stop and see us at the mall. And so the mall opens at six p.m. On Thanksgiving. Which is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But what I found out today, I was talking to uh, the gift shop manager when I was at work, and he was telling me, you know, I was like, hey, man, you know, how's the mall been going? How's things setting up? What's going on for Black Friday? He told me that if you're in Sangertown, you have you have a contract with Sangertown that says the mall opens at 6 p.m., you have to be open at 6 p.m. If you're not open at 6 p.m., for every single hour that you're not open, you get fined $500. Insanity. That's insanity. So if you open your shop at 8 p.m. instead of 6 p.m. on Thanksgiving, that's $1,000. That's $1,000. Right if you wait till the next day, you're up in the 10000 range. And it's the, the worst thing about it, and I've seen this happen to friends I've had over the years. I've known a lot of people that have worked in retail. Oh, yeah. And mall-based All three things. of us. All oh, yeah. three of us. I, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I've never really gone full retail, but I've seen enough of it with people. Oh, right, but well, me and Sam. And I worked, I worked you, full you, retail in the mall. You never go full retail. retail. I went full um, retail in the mall. No, but I, I've had enough friends who have worked retail, both like being associates and being managers and stuff like that, where the crazy thing about forcing these malls to be open is like you're pulling like kids – like there's, I mean, literally like nineteen year old kids who just have a job for the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. You're making them leave their family house. They might be, we have people working in our mall store because we have to have people. Our manager is going to go and do the bulk of it, the overnight for Thanksgiving. But a lot of the people who work there are kids that are just home from school for the holiday season, which is insane. And it's nuts that they're forcing these people just to be open, just so they can wring out a couple extra dollars on the Black Friday. It's horrible. Horrible. Like if you go shopping on Thanksgiving night, I don't know what to tell you. I really. Thanksgiving Stay night. Stay home. Talk to your family. Dude. Eat pie. Get fat. Do you hate your family that much that you got to leave and go to you Target, TJ Maxx? You might. Some people. You might hate your family enough that you have to go to Target. <laughs> oh, man, Black Friday. It's nuts. I think I really applaud businesses that they say they're not going to open until that Friday morning at six mm-hmm. or seven. I applaud the small business movement. Uh, I just don't. I think this is insane. It's nuts. We don't have to make a retail, you know, shop. We don't have to make a retail holiday out of every holiday. No. Nope. It's unnecessary. Agreed. No Black Friday for the Uticast. No, no. thank you. Uh, I, did, I, did, I did like Internet September. That's my shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you go all the way back to episode nine, we talked Let's with... Let's refresh us. Yeah, we talked with Phil Farda. And Phil Farda at the time was running the CNY Comedy Cup featuring our lovely Fifth co-host. Place, Fifth Aaron place, Aaron Higgins. Aaron Higgins. I voted for you. Thank you. I love you. You're welcome. Uh, the man who won the CNY Comedy Cup... Is a good friend of mine. I met him after the event. Well-deserved win. Well-deserved. Well, he was hysterical. Very funny, very smart guy. He came into the studio. We had a very personal conversation. Uh, I I didn't go all the way through this when I re-listened to it because I don't like to re-listen to the interviews too much. Uh, I will say this interview does touch on some very personal stories uh, of Josh. It is a little bit not safe for work, I would say. His swearing is... The comedians like to swear. Comedians they swear. love to you swear. I don't swear all the time. I'm only a part-time comedian, though. Well, that's so. your part-time swearing. Part-time so my swearing yeah. is, is off the um, It's interesting because, like, theoretically, we could swear, but I think we just try not to. I, try I not don't to. know but, why. But uh, it is a little not safe for work. You did swear um, on your birthday. It was kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, but... Well, yeah, well, it was, it was my his birthday. birthday. Uh, so let's, let's go to our uh, interview with Comedy Cup champion, Woo-hoo! Joshua Staley. So I can't. You were here for the first. That's a huge fail for me to throw that first takeaway. It's not, dude. No. It's not a problem. <laughs> it's a huge. It was not a problem. I, uh, please, it's I'm Joshua fine. Staley. Thank yes. you for being here twice because I threw the Aww, first one. Okay. Uh, and let's well, uh, double the pleasure. Well, exactly, exactly. And let's uh, let's start with the very beginning because, okay. uh, as I mentioned to you uh, off off screen, off screen. There's no screen. As I mentioned to you off recording, the first time I ever saw you perform, first mm-hmm. time I ever heard of you, was at the 2015 Utica Comedy Cup, uh, and you won. Yes. So congratulations on that. Thank you. How's life post-victory? You- uh, it's, oh, it's great. It's great. Mountains of Coke. Uh, <laughs> you just ride not your victory the, lap. All the blow I can have. <laughs> Uh, it's 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 good. It's nice. All right. I like where we're starting already. This is good. Um, now I watched your performance though, and 
And really, no disrespect to the other performers. I thought everyone was great. But yeah. you, you were highly professional. Thank it you. It was a very and – and I don't know – and, and I guess we could, that's a good place to start, actually, because uh, I'm just curious. When you – did you go in there with material like this is my – this is my greatest hit set that I'm going to come out here swinging with. Is that the move for a situation like this? Yes, that's yeah. that's the move. Yeah. Uh, it, it was it was. I have like two or three sets that are about the amount right amount of time that I have a lot of confidence in. But I yeah. just felt like that that was that that had been my like my best material for the longest amount of time. Yeah. And I just thought, what the hell? Put your best foot forward. Well, it's 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 interesting because where a lot of people I felt like were up there. Telling jokes, mm-hmm. right? Like I have a series of jokes that I came up with. Here's some funny stuff I thought about. Yeah, yours actually seemed to be more along the lines of a not a funny story, but <clears throat> you got from a beginning point to an end point. Yeah, and it's the, a narrative, and the craft is very fascinating to me. Thank you um, <clears throat> for you, you to cast drinking game uh, players. Get your drinks ready because I'm about to talk about New York. Uh, when I was in New York, I spent some time uh, with Anthony O'Connell and uh, Brandon Scott Wolf mm-hmm. from the Always Been Silly. Podcast primarily Anthony O'Connell. Me and him worked at uh, a Times Square restaurant together. We were very very close, and he was, uh, and he was great. Uh, he was nice enough to let me in a little bit into his world. I went to a bunch of open mics. I was working on a novel that I didn't finish at the time. Been there, yeah, I've <laughs> been there, man. It's thirty thousand pages and nothing on my computer. But this here, uh, but I was there, and I was. I thought this is a great idea to do some material. Mm-hmm. So I went and I. I spent about three weeks, like every weekend, I would go to this place called the Cave in the Creek in Long Island City in okay. New York, and I met all these really, really wonderful, interesting people. And the craft is it's so strange and singular. It's so different than anything else. It's you could probably tell, talk more about it than I can. But uh, uh well, what do you mean, like? Well, I, like what? What drew you to this this very specific form of creativity and expressing yourself? It's it's so different than everything else. It's so raw and personal. Stand up is yeah. like uh, uh, I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah. Um, my dad was a huge comedy fan yeah, uh, yeah. from from when I was super super young. Mm-hmm. Comedy was always on. Um, you know, my my dad's also uh, you know he's kind of he's kind of a depressive. <laughs> Dude, and uh, so am I. And it's a great source of comedy. It it really is. You know, it's uh, uh it's really sort of why I do it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I'm a huge fan of it. So I just thought, what the fuck, why not? Yeah, well, you're you're very professional on this on stage. It's really excellent. Oh, you. And you did um, you did a, a bit that I still think about. Yeah, very well done. Yeah, you talked about um, being gay in a small town, and you know. Your Twitter, your Twitter profile says, "I'm vegetarian, I'm pretentious, I read books, and I'm gay," which is amazing. A great, <laughs> great Twitter thing. But uh, and you told this really very sad story about something that happened to you, and then turned it into the punchline of the joke, and it was so masterful. And I was like, "Wow, Thanks, that's man. that's got to be something that at the time was not fun." You harvested that from real life, right? Like that's that was that was an amalgamation of a couple of yeah. real life events. Um, Basically, it's one hundred percent. It's one hundred percent true. I just sort of, I changed the order of certain things yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to fit a narrative. But it was, it was, it was okay. <laughs> it was okay. I felt, I, I felt, I felt okay with it. I felt, I felt victorious. I, I really felt like it was a, it, in a really weird, perverse way. Literally, yeah. uh, it was a victory. Yeah. You know, it was. Well, this is a small town. Yeah. It's only 60,000 people. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and you you're pretty you're pretty open about being gay. You don't have any qualms about talking about it. It seems like in yeah. casual conversation. Well, I, know, I just I just recently came out to my family. Yeah. So at this point, just, well, yeah, what's it, you know, it's no old barks. That must just be it. Must be a weight just off you though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Everything every everyone was fine with it. Uh-huh. Uh, I I suspected that they would be, and everyone who matters knows. Mm. Uh, so if you didn't know. Oh wow! Uh, you don't Gosh. matter, <laughs> um, and I and I mean that. <laughs> I mean, I like, I like I mean that with my sincerity, <laughs> with the sincerity of a poet. Uh, That's how I mean uh, that. Get your shot glasses ready, guys. Uh, when I was living in New York, um, when I was living in New York, I worked at a. I'm I, drinking. I worked at a Times Square restaurant, uh, and I was in the minority, right? Like I was a straight male. Straight white male who wasn't an actor who wasn't a stand-up comedian. I was definitely the minority, and yeah. it was so it was so nonchalant. It was just a thing that you know. Not only because restaurants, as we've discussed, you're a former restaurant worker. You, yep. you worked with co-host of the show, Kevin. I sure did. Um, I sure did. Restaurants are just dens of sexual harassment and creativity. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, uh, pretty much they go hand in hand. And I got so unfortunately, and I got so comfortable with uh, being around very funny gay men and, and lesbian women and. I came back here and I forgot that it's not exactly the same here. It, it, people, you think it's pretty progressive, yes. all things considered. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean, I absolutely. It's well, there's just less. There's, there's there's a lot more racism here than I would anticipate. And it, yeah, it, I mean, that's just a personal thing. I think that's generational. Sometimes I I sure hope so. I, I yeah, really, I hope I'm so getting too. sick and tired of people bad mouthing the people who came to this city. Yeah, but that's also the excuse that our generation has sometimes. Like, that's always something I talk about with, like, oh, the older generation doesn't think the same way we do. But you wonder if it's going away as quickly I as... I think people are the same, man. People yeah. are people have always been the same. I don't want to go off too far. Yeah. Tans- well, no, I, don't to, but what I, I forget sometimes that we're from New York State. The United States yeah. is massive. As a country, as a, like, as a, as a kind yeah. of... It's so I've heard. massive. You can go to, like... The South, and it seems like you're in a different country. Oh, it really, it really so does. I yeah. sometimes forget that there is this whole other like part of the like basically that's not New York because this is the part that I like the best, like New York yeah. State. I'm like a New York Homer, but like I forget that the rest of the country is so much different than us. Yeah, like, it's it's a yeah. real culture shock, man. Have you uh have you had issues at all being with being such a small like population? Have you, like relationship wise, have you had trouble? Being gay man in a smaller town. It's hard to meet people. Yeah, hard to meet people. It's hard to meet people. I mean, I'm really picky. Uh, (laughs) And and quite frankly, here's the deal. I'm a fucking... I'm six foot four. I'm 300 pounds. Uh, I don't look it, to my credit, but I do look kind of chubby. I'm a comedian. I'm never gainfully employed. I'm a niche... (laughs) I'm a niche market. Right, I get it. You know, so it's not not the guy's fault. It's, Uh, It's more me. That's fair. That's fair. I find dating to be hard as a straight man here. It's still, I, I don't, I, you know what I've noticed? My biggest problem with dating has been, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sick of all my own stories. <laughs> all the stories. What's that like? Like all the stories. I've like, never felt like that. I, I'm tired of telling all the same stories and I need to, I'm, I'm taking a break from dating and trying to make better stories that I can tell people. That's a better, right? Here's, here's yeah. clever workaround. Cut out the middleman. Make shit up. Make stuff up. That's a good idea. I like it a lot. Works every time. <laughs> works every time. Um, so let me ask you. Let me ask you this question. Uh, you talked a little bit about your dad talking about he, he watched yeah. comedy with you growing up. Um, what uh, do you have specific? Like you talked a little bit. About, we talked about Mark Maron before the show. We're both big Mark Maron fans. Yeah. I'm a big. 
I'm a huge fan of this podcast. I only recently got into his stand up. Did you like his stand up even earlier than that? Like, I was, a, I was, yeah, I was kind of a hipster when it came to Marvel. Yeah, I, I yeah. Uh, interesting. Pardon me. I, I remember watching his first HBO special. Yeah, uh, which was hysterical, and it was. I I think I I watched it well after the fact. I watched it in like 2002. Yeah, uh, I think it was taped in like '98. But uh, so I was always a huge Mark Maron fan, and he was so dark and edgy, very aggressive. And he was, but he was smart. He was a thinking yeah. man's comic. He 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 had a point. Yeah. He was I, saying something. Yeah. I had to grow into it. I didn't get it when I was a kid. I also didn't recognize him. Well, by the time I rediscovered him in the last like five years, I didn't put together that this guy from the podcast. Was that same comedian from 15 years ago? From because, fucking Air America. Yeah, because he does not look the same. Right? No, no, he really doesn't. He looks um, better now. He does look better now. He really does. He looks better now. Um, he's a good looking man. He's a handsome guy. I'm not yeah. afraid to say it. Uh, here's the thing, though. I, he, when I think about like stand up comedy, I always go back to like my first exposures initially was like Comedy Central. As a kid, we had Comedy mm-hmm. Central and Utica. So I watched a lot of like Gallagher. <laughs> like, they had Dana Carvey's like one stand up right. that they would show over and over again. But comedy is very progressive. I go through comedians sometimes. I love Pat Oswalt. Pat Oswalt yeah. one of my all-time favorites. But as I get older, and Pat Oswalt as a human being gets older, and his comedy evolves, mm-hmm. I no longer relate to it because I don't have kids and I'm not successful. So his comedy doesn't really speak to me. Right. Do you feel like comedy more than most? Maybe maybe music is similar if you're performing bands. But uh, is there there has to be forced evolution because the whole material is you as a human being putting yourself out there. And as you evolve as a human being, yeah. your comedy has to evolve with you. And I think that's very fascinating about the craft. You're absolutely right. I, I think Sinbad said comedians are funnier when they're riding the bus. And <laughs> he didn't – he wasn't just talking about success. He was talking – you know, comedians are funnier when they're staying true to who they are. Yeah. And like you said, mm. uh, maturing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree. There's, And I feel the same way about a lot of other comics. And and also, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I have a real pro- – I kind of hate comedy. All comedians kind of hate comedy. I kind of hate comedy in like a really like fundamental way. Yeah. Because uh, I, I just so much of it is bullshit used to bully. Yeah. And yeah. and it's mainstream and it's very popular and you know it's just horseshit. I just I uh, so that's the thing I hate about it. But at the same time. You know, you talk about guys like Mark Marin. You talk about guys like uh, uh, Tim Minchin, mm-hmm. uh, Maria Bamford. Oh, I remember. I love um, Todd Glass is amazing. <laughs> uh, so there's – I'm rambling. No, it's all right. You know, here's the thing. that In comedy, comedy is very niche in that way. It, I, I always – as a guy who come from, came from a music background, I was a lead yeah. singer in a band, right? Um, Fancy. You could, you know, it was fine, but that's – this. this is what – you know, I, I talk about this all the time and why I have so much respect for stand-up. Mm-hmm. I play a show. Uh, not really feeling it that night, right? I got my guitar in front of me. Kev's over on the left playing bass. I'm goofing around with the boys. We're playing cover songs. It doesn't particularly matter if I'm having an off night because I can hide behind the rest of the performance of yeah. the show. The rawness of being up there and being just... That's so nerve-wracking. Just because there's a moment, there's an immediacy to it. You can be making somebody laugh for three minutes and then have one bad joke that doesn't hit and the room is dead and it changes the whole shift. It's just so vibrant. 
Yeah. It's a very, it's yeah. Like that, I, I kind of love that. Yeah, it looks I kind of like right? I kind of like getting up there and being like, "Fuck you, people!" <laughs> now, now I try to win them back. Now it doesn't work out. What would you like now going forward with your comedy? We talk about evolving comedy. You like doing stand up, it seems like, and you're very good at it. Thank you. Um, but what? What, what else would you like to do going forward? Would you, are you interested in other aspects? Would you write TV or would you like to be involved in writing other stuff? Like is, is there other – basically, did you put all your eggs in this comedy, stand-up comedy basket or are you interested in other things as well? I'm um, – I, I, I've, I've always been a writer. Yeah. Um, and, and I think fundamentally I'm a writer. Sure. Uh, and it's just sort of uh, – Stand-up is in art in and of itself, but it needs the writing. Right. Um, so I write a lot. I'm currently working on a graphic novel. Nice. Um, thank you. Uh, thank you. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> graphic novel. I don't know anybody. It's like, I know like two guys who do who know anything about graphic novels. You and uh, Dave Delachase, the holidays guy. He's oh, like, yeah. yeah. He's good. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I, I've written a novel. I've been trying to get that published for fucking ever. God, it's the, it's uh, it's a fucking. Uh, I look, man. It's a hellscape. No one, no one sees my novel because it's terrible. The problem is, it haunts me every day. Like it sits on my computer and it taunts me. It's like you haven't written in a while. It's a file. Get over there. You ever leave like Focus Writer or something on in the background? I'll leave. And then my... you like you forget about it, and then like you'll be like in the middle of watching like porn, <laughs> and then you'll see something. I never do that. It'll be like halfway through a sentence yeah, yeah. and some shitty. <laughs> bullshit you're trying to expound on the color of the eye it's just bullshit <laughs> it's the worst oh. it's, it's the worst makes your dick shrink it's the worst one too because you're afraid to show it to people right like yeah. i i'll never show anybody until it's done but it'll never be done for another five years because i don't no. have it will never it'll be done. it will never <laughs> be done I'll just put that's why that's why that's why writers it. need editors <laughs> to take it away from them uh, like a child well and say no it's funny because no more for you <laughs> The, the, well, that's the joy of the novel, though, and maybe this applies to stand-up as well. When you're writing a novel mm-hmm. or you're doing stand-up, that belongs to you. Yes. No one else owns this specific thing. No one yeah. can tell me what to do. No one can tell me how long or how short it should be. And that's or that's anything, or how I should format it. Yeah, anything, anything, anything. And that was actually very freeing. As when I was in my writing period, was coming to that realization that oh my god, I don't have to do this like anybody. I yeah. can just do whatever I want. Well, it's, it's amazing that you say that because that's exactly what I had that exact same revelation yeah. with my stand-up yeah. because at the very beginning it was very – and I love the joke, joke, joke format. Mm-hmm. Like the guys – like uh, like the Brian Regans of the world. Yeah. I love those guys. Uh, and I, and it's, a, it's an art of an, in and of itself. It's great. I'm not shit-talking it. I can't do it. And, and it doesn't really particularly speak to me. Yeah. But the things that do speak to me were always like storytellers, like narratives. Huh. Like uh, like the Moth podcast, Risk, mm-hmm. um, like the, that, like storytelling was always like what got me through the hardest times of my life, and so I'm like, that's oh, great. why don't you just tell stories that are funny? That's what I'm trying to do. Well, that's that's a great. You're, you're a reader. We talked about it before. Yeah. I think I think there is there's a lot of people like us out there who still have that fire to hear good stories mm. and to share good stories with it's, people. It's, it's the yeah. every every form of art yeah. is narrative. Mm. Every form of art and, and there's no form of art that's it's it's not the fucking Olympics. Yeah. Nothing's greater than the other. But, you know, modern art is not better or worse than Monet or anything like that, but all art that is good is telling a story. Yeah. Uh, Joshua, I think that's a good way to wrap up the segment. You can follow Joshua Staley on Twitter at jstaleycomedy. You can go to YouTube and see all your uh, your comedy videos there as well. Yes? Yes. 
Um, and thank you, man. This was a great conversation. It was a pleasure having you on twice. Thanks for sticking through it twice. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was like I said, double the pleasure. I, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. All right, let's go talk about stuff we can't talk about on the air. Oh, um, we'll be back with the show in just a moment. Daily. Very funny guy. Um, I want to say quick before we jump into the segment, Aaron, I have a question for you. I'm all ears. Now, I heard I heard a rumor, and I couldn't go, so I didn't exactly see what happened, but we know you were singing at the Comets game. <laughs> and Wait somebody, till you hear what I did. And somebody told me that you you did not get all the words oh to my the gosh. national anthem. Wait until right. you hear what I did. <laughs> Wait until oh. you hear what I did. Okay, so I get out there. Everything's great. They have a moment of silence, which always happens when I'm doing the Comets games. There's always some sort of tragedy that happens, and I'm the next person that you hear after the moment of silence, which is horrific for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I, I went in, and I'm standing on the ice, and I got my mic, and I'm just like hanging out, and I'm looking at the crowd because... Honestly, I'm not very nervous. I don't get very nervous doing that. It doesn't bug me. I'm out there, and I got, I'm like, just chilling. The players are all there. There. I always get so amazed by how big they are on the skates. They look like giants comparatively to me. And um, so I'm there. I'm good. And I'm singing. Everything's going really well. And then I get to the end, and I'm really focusing on the singing. And then I get to the end, and I'm like, Higgins, you're sounding really good. <laughs> like, in my head, right? Right. I'm like, yeah, girl. You're nailing this. You're hitting us out of the park. So then I start getting casual about things. And I'm maybe like a half a, half a verse of the race to the end. And I'm, I'm looking around. But I'm most excited about how good I sound on the mic system. I'm like, this mic, they must have redone this because I sound amazing. <laughs> and I mess up. Because I'm so focused <laughs> on no, myself. I was so, so full I'm of yourself. So, I'm, so, I'm so distracted by myself, which is like <laughs> very Aaron Higgins to do, that I say at the very end, it's like, uh, for the land of the free and the home of the brave. Well, I say for the land of the free or the home of the brave. Like That's what I heard. One or the other. I got what I was saying. Or the home of the brave. You can't have both here. Or the home of the brave. Or the home of the brave. Or the home of the brave. Or the free or brave. Free or brave. Pick Mutually your Mutually exclusive. You can't do I got, both. Because I was I was actually at work that night. I was up in the tavern and um, I got like three texts from the game with a picture of your shining face on the screen and people just being like, does Aaron know the words? <laughs> And I, I was I just it. I just thought about that during the break, and I yeah. want to ask you about it on air. <laughs> I got to be honest with you guys, honestly. And then I started like people watching, and then I like realized that you could see me on the jumbotron, so I became very vain about how I looked. And then I tossed my hair, and then I messed up the words, and it was just like <laughs> they're never calling me again. That's um, fair. This is, well, this is the first time I've done the American national anthem. I usually do the Canadian one. Which I don't think anyone actually knows the words to that, so I can mess up all I want. I know the first two words. Yeah, it's O Canada. And then there's stuff about geese and bacon and skates. So like and mounties and stuff of that caliber. So nobody listens except for like the three Canadians. And I'm usually golden. No one no one pays attention. Funny story, the first time I ever did the national anthem for the Canadian uh, group, you know, that country, uh, America's hat, if you will. I Canada's pants. America. Canada's Canada's pants. <laughs> 
I had gotten the text from a friend of the podcast, Mark Caswell, who said to me, Aaron, can you, do you know the national anthem for Canada? It was like <laughs> two o'clock in the afternoon. And I was like, I was like, yeah, of course I do. <laughs> of course I know. Of course it. I know the words. I didn't know the words, by the way. Right. He's like, great. You go on at 640. Hey. I was like, tonight? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, cool. So I wrote them all. I learned them like in my head really quickly. And then I wrote them all. Thanks, YouTube. Wrote them all down on my hand and went out on the ice. Well, of course, we had the moment of silence because that was the time they had the parliament shootings. So I had them. We had a moment of silence, and that's me. And I'm like, "Hello!" Like just <laughs> hey. super, super, super awkward. It was just me chilling out there. I think I had like sweatshirt on. I do the national anthem. I do there. You guys ready to genuinely? <laughs> yeah. It's essentially what it came down to. I was like, "Let's hear it for Canada." Oh man. Sorry about your you dead people. Like I oh, didn't know what to do. I got so nervous. Jeez. I do the anthem. I mess up at the end. I walk off. It just so happens it's Canada Appreciation Night, and all the families of the players that are Canadian are there. I appreciate Canada, though. I love, I appreciate Canada every day. Great place. But all the people are there that are from Canada. So I walk back up into the stands, and I sit down, and the guy turns behind me, and he goes, you only messed up three words, not bad. I was like, ah, thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Thank you, I think. But Um, this was really rough, because it was America. So I'm sorry, America. I got full of me. Uh, I don't know much about the. Uh, I don't know who knows about my history as a singer. I used to be known as a guy who sang. That was yeah. my thing for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I do know that the national anthem is a very hard song to sing. It's very rangy. Like the 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 range you start at and the range like in the height of the range it goes to. Yeah. Is surprising. I don't know if the Canada one is the same way, but you, were you prepared for that when you sang it? Did you start low enough to compensate for, for the, how high for, the national anthem gets? Well, fun fact about me is that I sing the national anthem every day for the elementary school. <laughs> Just like at your house. Yeah, You're in the shower in the, shower in the morning. Warm up too. Well, I've done it a couple of times now, and it's kind of like my jam. It's the only time I get to sing really anymore. So I do it in the elementary school. They found out that I could do it in the elementary school, and we sing it every morning. So I have a little bit of experience with it. Uh, I, I started lower than usual, but I nailed it. I'm up for that one part. All right, well, let's, um, Sorry, I was Mary. very proud of you. Thank you. I was very proud of you. Thanks. Sally, I do want the names of everybody who texted you to say I messed up because I'm going to burn their houses down. <laughs> Good. Good luck. <laughs> well, keeping with that charming holiday vibe. Yay! Uh, let's go to my favorite holiday of the year. That's right, I said it. Better than Christmas, better than Halloween. Thanksgiving. It's mine too. My favorite holiday of the year for a very simple reason. No presents. No presents. No wrapping. No wrapping. Just food. And hanging out with your friends and family. Football. That's really all I want. There's also football. I got to tell you, I, I was ready. I know people were ready for me to go on a, like, I don't like football tangent. But Thanksgiving is about my, the only time of the year that I really, really love American football. And the reason is. American football. Uh, American football. And the reason is, I actually get to watch it with my whole family, which is very interesting. Cause yeah. Most of the time when I'm watching football, it's like you and me, Kev, like sitting around on a Sunday watching it. While we're doing other stuff, right? Sure. It's not really like forefront in my mind. I just don't care about it that way. But when I get to sit with my family and hear my cousins and uncles yelling at the TV, it has a little bit of extra. Like I'm like, I, oh, the yeah. football games are always just kind of background noise. It like family stuff. There's so much family and so many people that like nobody. Everybody's too busy talking to everybody to like actually pay attention to the games. Every once in a while, we go to uh, for Thanksgiving. We usually go to my aunt's house. And my cousin Colin on that side of the family, he is a huge Packers fan. And oh, yeah. Packers tend to play on Every Thanksgiving. Year. Every year. And so it's fun when you're watching. I find that like watching football games is only really fun if I'm watching them with somebody People, yeah. who really cares. Mm-hmm. Because like if I'm watching it, like nobody cares about the teams. Like we were watching a game this weekend and it was like 
was it like Carolina versus the Redskins? And I, oh, Ooh, that was an awesome game. I couldn't have cared me well, less if I was dead. Well, was we were go Carolina, man. <laughs> Redskins are my division. We were watching something called the Red Zone, which was not necessarily uh, a football game, but just like live highlights for people who have OCD and can't sit through. The Red a Zone is what game. happens in the very uh, the Red Zone, as you know, in football is the twenty yard line to the goal line. So every time a team gets from the twenty yard line to the goal line, that's when they flip the team, the game over to the Red Zone. Yes. Uh, so that and then now it's sort of progressed into highlights to an extent, but that was. The, that was the original game plan for that station. Yeah, uh, well, I like weird it. things. I know for fantasy football, it's nice because I I like fantasy football more than I like real football at this point in time because I like to win money. I uh, just started. I just started my fantasy football right before DraftKings got closed down. Smart. I just no. I'm doing. Fa- I'm doing. Is it FanDuel? I don't know. Fan. One of them. <laughs> uh, well, let me tell you a little secret. Another thing I like about Thanksgiving for me, and this because well, it may sound weird. Uh, my parents are divorced, so I get multiple. Thanksgivings. When I go out on Thanksgiving, I'm talking, I got Thanksgiving at my grandparents' house, Thanksgiving at my other grandparents' house, Thanksgiving at my dad's house, Thanksgiving at my dad's girlfriend's house miscellaneously, and then I get, like, Friendsgiving, which we'll get into later. But I'm talking a minimum five places to get food. And, and leftovers. Even, and leftovers. That doesn't even include going to, like, visit, well, the like... Thing, the Thanksgiving meal itself is killer, too. Like, oh, turkey, yeah. gravy, mashed potatoes, corn stuffing. Oh, everybody's favorite. Everybody's favorite. Well, because Thanksgiving food lends itself really well to leftovers. And napping. Turkey sandwiches the next day. You can make soup. That's what I thought we were talking about. Sandwich holidays. Sandwich (laughs) holidays. I was like, hold up. Um, And you know what else I like about Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving, much like Christmas, is basically high school reunion week. Like, as everyone comes home, uh, a lot of great events going on. The night before Thanksgiving is always a really busy night. Oh, yeah. I avoid that night like the plague. You avoid every night like the plague. No, I avoid... You never go anywhere to see anybody. Thanks. I like you people, but I I don't really care about seeing high school kids. I just don't. Friends from high school kids. No, but friends. No, I see enough of those every day. But like friends from high school, I have. You know like what's two, crazy to I me? I have two of them. If they want to know where I am, they'll call me. I talk to. I, talk, I don't care. I, I talk to so many people, and it's such a prevalent attitude where like people get so salty about like, oh, why would I want to go out and see all these people that I don't keep in touch with, or why do I want to see all these old people from high school? And I'm like, everybody's so quick to be like, I don't ever want to see anybody again. I've always been of of the ilk. I love going out and seeing the people. I love running into literally. I love, love the people. running it, running into people selling. I haven't seen Man, in four or five years. Like even if it's somebody, I'm not going to maintain a relationship. But you might have like a couple beers deep, and you have like a really nice three minutes. Like, oh my god, it's you. How have you been? How's your mom? I hope your life is awesome. It was great to see you. It's everybody's so happy to be there. I love being places where yeah. everybody's really happy That's to be true. there. That's why I don't go. Well, because I'm miserable and I, I don't, don't want to be there. I'm with you. Well, I think it's different for girls because you know we get out of high school and we hate each other so much. So it's like, meh. I wish everybody well from high school, and I, I, you know, they're wonderful people, and I hope they're really successful and, and happy. But like the people that I know from high school these days is one, two at the most. So they know where I am. From a petty level, I like to see what everyone who I used to know looks like now. Oh, oh I hope yeah. they got fat. But I got fat, so I don't like want to go. Like, That's the other thing. I got fat. I'm not going. You're so huge, Aaron. No, but so, like, you know what I'm saying, though. I don't look as good. I look much better. I understand the the concept of what you, you know mean. what I'm saying. Like, it's, I'm if you're saying not, generally, if you're not feeling as good about yourself, you're less willing to mm. go out and show off in front of your. Hold on, I bro. say bring, I feel good about me. Did you not remember that I messed up the anthem because I was talking about myself so much in my head? That's well, true. That's true. Uh, well, you I say bring two. what, Sally? What you say? What, Sally? I, I lost it. Nah, Sorry. Well, I got two events for you: one before Thanksgiving and one after Thanksgiving, so you can. Survive accordingly. Wednesday night, Wednesday night, the 25th, 9 p.m. at the Dev, 
Thanksgiving Eve Get Down featuring good friend of the podcast, Thomas D, on the tables, as per usual. And then, of course, on Friday, at Nail Creek from 12 to 2, uh, music starts at 9 p.m. That's on uh, noon to 2. Noon to, yeah, noon, yeah, 12, 12 noon. noon to 2. Yeah. Uh, All day event. Uh, they named it a very vulgar name. Ooh! They did. The F-Black Friday event. I'll go with that. I think Thomas yeah. D also performing. Probably does. <laughs> so thir- so Wednesday night, you can catch Uticast at the Dev celebrating pre-Thanksgiving. And then on Friday, you can catch us at Nail celebrating how much we dislike Black Friday. It's true. It's kept all over the place. <laughs> catch me eating a turkey let's, leg. Let's just go to these places and podcast live. I think I think we, we should the podcast leftovers. live from Friendsgiving. We should do a show called The Leftovers, where we eat leftovers. And talk about The Leftovers, the show? I've never watched watched it yet. I'm not going to talk about it now, but it's really good. You talked about last night's episode as soon as you came in. All right. Parkinson was here. Let's move on to some (laughs) special Thanksgiving-themed over-under either-ors I got for you guys. You ready? Wait a second. Are we done? Yeah. Yeah, man. We rocked it. We rocked it today. I got some I had some hilarious things to talk about. Like what? Like, I had fun products you could buy on Black Friday. You know what? Screw it. They weren't that fun. <laughs> well, we've already heard how your jokes go over, so. <laughs> All right. You know, I'm not having a very good day on the podcast, right. apparently. No. All right, let's move on. Go. Either or. I got a phone call from my mom earlier this week. She said, I don't need you to bring anything for Thanksgiving, but what I do need you to do is bring canned cranberry sauce for yourself because you're the only person who likes it. Oh. So technically, either you or have to bring some, homemade right? cranberry sauce or canned cranberry sauce. The debate rages on. Let's end it right now. It's canned always. Canned. It's canned. Always. Always. It's always. Wait a second. Canned. Here's the best part about the canned cranberry sauce. The chunks that, of cranberry. No, nobody wants it. It's the best part about canned cranberry sauce is it's fancy because you see the ridges in it from the can. <laughs> yeah. And you just lay it out on the table like <laughs> a that's log. The best way. You have and to, you're like, those you ridges. Who made way. those ridges? I like ocean spray did. Thank <laughs> you very much. I like to really like up the ante of classlessness and just put it. Like like it's sitting in the oh, can still. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Like, its, you put, sometimes if you want to do it like that, you put it on its side. Oh, no. Not me. You I, put it right I, on the like, right right A gelatinous right. can form? Yeah, gelatinous can. You know what? And I'll tell you the key. It's not that I dislike the chunky homemade cranberry sauce. My grandmother makes phenomenal cranberry sauce. Good for her. I like the canned one because I like to cut... It real thin and put it on my turkey sandwich the next day. They have to. It's a must. I saw something on the Food Network where they talked about it, and they said the only acceptable, literally out of a can thing that everybody loves is ocean spray cranberry sauce. I could eat it with because food. it's delicious. Yeah. And nobody, nobody debates that. No one's no. like, no, not even like, no. not even what's her face, Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart opens up a can and puts it out. No, listen, anybody who says that they like the homemade cranberry sauce better is a tryhard. They're probably the people that use the word they're, foodie and they're serious about they're it. They're condescending. It's probably foods. that kind of people. Condescending. Jerks. All right, so this is this one, and they're just, liars. <laughs> this one isn't so much either or; it's more of a if you can only have one question. Oh, I love All these. Right? If you could only have one, stuffing or mashed potatoes? Mashed potatoes. Mashed Where potatoes. are you? Stuffing is delicious, mashed but mashed potatoes, potatoes are the fundamental backbone of the Thanksgiving meal. 
The mashed potatoes come with the gravy. The mashed potatoes, the mashed potatoes are Thanksgiving. Well, here's my second it's question. It's the palate and the base upon which you lay the entire meal. That's not even a real question. It's so I quit Irish. the show. It's so Irish. I love stuffing. Don't get it wrong. My grandmother, my grandmother made the best <laughs> mashed potatoes. Yeah, and my, if when you see my brother, ask him about these because when my brother was a kid, and even still, mashed potatoes were his jam. My grandmother, and it really, it was some old country magic, like. Stuff that she brought, you know, when she came over from Ireland, like, yeah. the mashed potatoes she made were, I've never had anything quite like it. And it's not really, like, colored by nostalgia. I mean, I'm sure some it's of legit. it is. It's legit. But you know what a lot of it is, too? It's just the fact that she used, like, you know, cream. whole hog salted butter and, like, real heavy cream and, like, oh. didn't try to skimp and anything Classic. like that. Mashed potatoes over stuffing every day of the week. I, um, I really like uh, sweet potatoes. Oh. And yeah, one year, one year. Yams. Yams, yeah, damn it yeah. out. One year I had a mash. someone made like a mashed potatoes and you swirled. They had like regular mashed potatoes and then like mashed up yams and you could swirl them together. Whew! That was like a little bit of heaven. It was a little sweet, lots of salt. But I go with sacrilege. Mashed, it was sacrilege, but it was we're Italian, so <laughs> my my father, my Irish yeah. father, almost almost jumped off See, a bridge. But I'm Tom Higgins is a good man. I'm Italian. Almost jumped right off a bridge. Italian on one side, Syrian on the other. I have a lot of non-traditional like Thanksgiving which is awesome. stuff, right? Which is awesome. Like I love Syrian Thanksgiving. Syrian Thanksgiving is great because you get a lot of the staples. You get your turkey, you get your stuffing, you get your cranberry sauce. I think that then goes across cultures. Always Grape leaves. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, there's yeah. always, like, kibbe, and there's always, like, the spinach pies. That, that just, I feel like Thanksgiving with the yeah. dinner is, you know, you got to say traditional, but I think the appetizers when it's time to flex and show oh, off yeah, your culture, flexing. right? Like, you put out a big plate of grape leaves, but when it comes down to dinner time, dinner time. Well, here's the thing, because Italians usually have, like, a lasagna or a macaroni. We have, like, Thanksgiving? A, oh, my God, yeah. And a ham, nonetheless. We have, like, we have two meats and a big macaroni yeah, dish. And a big old macaroni. In my we, grandparents' house, we'd always do turkey, ham, and lamb. And my, I mean, really? My Uncle Dan is the only one who ever likes lamb, but my Uncle Dan was my grandmother's youngest son. So I think she was like, well, Danny likes lamb, so I made a lamb. Oh, of course. No, we always have, mac- uh, we always have macaroni, too, a big dish. But, like, not that good Syrian lamb. Like, you're not, it's not like lamb, like you're thinking about, like, falafel and gyros Ooh, and kebabs and stuff. It was, like, just dry roasted mm-hmm. lamb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just lamb. Served with mint jelly. Oh, God, I never yeah. understood that combination. Tough stuff. So gross. Next. Oh, I got nothing. I'm just thinking about grape leaves and Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm done. I lost my train of thought. Uh, no, I guess just before we go, remember, folks, uh, you can uh, donate to Utica. Please Operation donate. Please, Please donate. donate. Operation Uticast. The tweets are uh, pinned to the top of our Twitter profile and my uh, my personal Twitter profile. I'm and I'll do it, it to mine, too. I'm going to promote it on Facebook. I'm going to start pushing it. The winner. It's on my lead. Instagram, too. Liz Sullivan, you're in the lead to be the guest, so... You know, if you can beat Liz Sullivan, make it happen. Guys, good work. I will catch you after Thanksgiving. I'm excited, guys. Yeah, we are doing Friendsgiving this happy, year. Happy happy Thanksgiving to everybody. everybody. I'm excited Friends, for Friendsgiving. Friendsgiving will be a really interesting time that we all get together and we do those things. I don't know if we're going to do it this weekend or upcoming. Is that a thing? Yeah, we're doing oh, Friendsgiving. I don't know anything about that. We pro- yes, you do. I talked about it like a month ago. We probably won't do it this weekend. We'll probably do it next weekend. The podcast is still going. I'm aware of that. Goodbye. <laughs> I love you. Bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, this is Saturday.